0: Prepare to be captivated by the Business Story of the Week, hosted by me, Shaheen Shan. Join us on a journey through the twists and turns of entrepreneurial triumphs and setbacks. Immerse yourself in the narrative and witness the magic that turns dreams into reality. This is Business Story of the Week. So welcome to Business Story of the Week. We've got a real treat today. John, live safe. I'm saying it right. John, tell us a little bit about yourself and share your journey on becoming a sales expert and how you delivered your, how you developed your skills over time.
1: Well, first, thanks for having me. It's a thrill to be with you, and I love helping people become a black belt in storytelling. My journey began when I was selling advertising for Condé Nast, which is a big company that has brands like GQ and Wired and Vanity Fair, etc and i realized that whoever told the best story would be the one to get the sale for example lexus would say you know we looked at 15 different publications we've narrowed it down to 5 we're going to pick 3 so 5 of you get to come in back to back for 30 minutes and pitch us why we should pick you but do mm-hmm. not talk about numbers and half the reps were deer and headlights And I have an advertising background, so I knew how to tell a story. And I thought, ah, that's really, if you tell a story of the marketing idea that's going to compel this campaign and make it resonate in a unique way and stand out from the clutter, that's what's gonna convince them to advertise with you. And then now I have a career as a sales keynote speaker and Anthem Insurance um, was interviewing me versus two other speakers. So what's interesting is my background selling advertising against competitors has totally helped me sell myself as a speaker against other speakers when you're in the final three. And now that's my niche is helping companies when they get down to the final three, whether it's an architecture firm, a law firm, a tech company, you name it. And Anthem Insurance said to me, oh, I love your concept of storytelling. These people don't even like to think of themselves as salespeople. I said, well, let's ask them to think of themselves as storytellers. And they oh, they love that. And then I asked this really important question for the takeaway for everybody. When you are being interviewed to sell yourself, zoom out a little bit and don't just focus on your part. I said, what else is going to happen if I'm selected as your keynote speaker throughout the two days? And they said, oh, we're going to have an improvisation session. And they'll be shouting out objections from the audience and role playing on stage. And I said, what if, which always pulls people in, to start imagining something, And I said I stayed after my talk and would whisper in people's ear something from my talk if they got stuck during the objection answering. They loved that idea. I got selected, and I told this story to Ink Magazine, and they said, "Oh, you're the pitch whisperer." And I thought, "Oh, I love that," and uh, I've trademarked that now. And if somebody Google's the pitch whisper, my content shows up. So figuring out what's your unique niche and having a story to back it up is part of my journey of becoming a successful sales keynote speaker.
0: Incredible. Okay, so you're working with clients and part of working with clients is, you know, what they think is interesting of <laughs> course isn't what the rest of the world thinks is interesting. And we deal with this a lot over at Podcast Cola, which I know you're one of our superstar clients and mentors there as well. We have you up on our training programs, but When people come on board to Podcast Cola, they're like, man, I've got, you know, I'm so interesting because of this. And we're like, no, that's not why you're interested. You're interesting because of this other thing. How do you help your clients craft a a compelling and effective pitch that really resonates with their audience?
1: Well, first of all, I tell people, you know, the concept of a case study, it's been around forever. Even the word study sounds boring, like homework. So we turn a case study into a case story. And a case story is clear, concise, and compelling, the three C's. And when you practice that story in front of your peers and your family, ask them, was this clear or did I confuse you? Because if you confuse people, they say no. Was it concise enough that you could remember and repeat it? And finally, is it compelling? Is there any tugging of the heartstrings here? We have to feel something and care about what happens in the story in order for us to remember it. So once you have that as a criteria of that's what makes a good story, then the real secret sauce is tell a story that someone sees themselves in. Mm. So I can give you a quick example. Olympus Medical came to me and said, you know, we have this product that makes the surgeries go 30% faster, but we're not selling a lot. We would think that would so logical. Why? And I go, because people buy emotionally and then back it up with logic. So now we crafted this short little case story that sounds like this. Imagine how happy Dr. Higgins was down at Long Beach Memorial. We could go out to the patient's family an hour earlier than expected. And if you've ever waited for somebody you love to come out of surgery, you know, every minute feels like an hour. He comes out, he goes, good news, the scope shows they don't have cancer, they're going to be fine. And then turned to the salesperson and said, you know, this is why I became a doctor for moments like this. Now that rep tells that story to another doctor at another hospital who sees himself in the story and nine times out of 10 will say, that's why I became a doctor. I want your equipment too. So boom, that Olympus said, oh, that gives us chills. Not only are we not telling a story, it never occurred to us to make a patient's family, a character in the story. And it all takes you from being pushy, pushing out numbers 30% faster, to telling a story that they see themselves
0: in. That's so interesting. And I tell people this all the time. And that's that the most powerful way to sell anything is to stop selling. (laughs) Tell a story, share a story, because with a story, you're going to touch someone's heart. If you're coming to them, trying to pitch them. And and I'll give you a a great example. And this this might really resonate with you. So, okay. Ottoman Empire takes over, right? You you had Rome, (laughs) Rome split. Byzantine Empire lasted until 1453, right? Fall of, fall of, fall of the uh, Byzantine Empire. Most people don't know. Constantinople being the, the capital of it. And these people were all great traders. And so when you go to the baza- uh, bazaar, which Constantinople became uh, Istanbul, right? You see some of the remnants of these great trading cultures, these great salesmen, right? And they didn't have the internet. They didn't have any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. All they had was that one thing, story. Yes. That's why podcasts are so impactful and so effective. And, and you and I talked about this previously. It's like, that's why business leaders, people from all over the world are shifting now to podcasts because you get to tell your story for an hour or more. And somebody gets to know you through the power of story. And for anybody who hasn't experienced this, and, and I know you travel the world all the time, When you go into one of these countries, particularly Istanbul, and you go into that bazaar, right? Mm. we think we know what a salesman is because we walk on car lots and (laughs) and, and all that kind of stuff. And we think, oh, yeah, that's, you know, sales here, whatever. When you walk into one of those little stalls in the Grand Bazaar in Istanbul, and and it's the DNA of the Mm -hmm. greatest salesman who Mm. ever lived. Mm -hmm. And that man is in there and he is five millionth generation salesman and he starts telling you the stories that he's telling you to sell you, whatever it is, it's not like he's influencing you. It's like you've been pulled into (laughs) a vortex. And you are not only leaving with whatever it is he is selling you, you are leaving with that experience.
1: And a story to tell your friends of why you bought it. Plato said storytellers rule the world. And it's just as true then as it is today. Except, you know, Plato didn't have to compete with the distractions of the internet. So it totally ties into your story there. Of And, and really expensive art always has what they call a provenance mm. around the painting. Oh, and weird. the same thing when you buy a celebrity house, it has more value. You know, Betty Davis lived here or Brad Pitt lived here or whatever it is. Again, it's the story that adds value and makes it more desirable.
0: Amazing. Okay, so... What role does storytelling play in pitching and and how can business owners, CEOs, people that are in the sales industry use it to their advantage? Well,
1: I think the first part is your own story of origin. You know, traditionally salespeople will try to develop rapport with cliche things like, oh, nice weather we're having, or let's talk about a sports team, right? Or try to come up with something in common. But instead, if you start to say, you know, the reason I got into healthcare was my mom was a nurse and I was so inspired by what she did. What made you become a doctor? Boom. Now they're sharing their story of origin, your story of origin, you're connecting on a personal level. So that's the first way storytelling helps in sales process is rapport building. The second part is the company story. And this is what most people forget. They don't tell, if they do, they go, oh, we have this many offices around the world. You want to hear our mission statement? You know, I tell people, you need to have a story about your values and action. Like Tom Shoes, we know that company. You buy a pair, they donate a pair. Yeah. Well, there's an amazing story of family that he impacted. So you don't just leave it at that. You go into the details of, how one mom with three little boys used to have to share a pair of an adult men's shoe that didn't fit and they would shuffle to school every third day. Now they all have their own shoes that fit and they run to school, completely changed their life. Mm-hmm. And if you told that story to a Nordstrom buyer, they went from a, no, we don't think we want to carry the shoes to a yes, because at first he just told about the shoes and not the story. So the, your story of origin, the company story, and then we touched on them all important case story instead of a case study. Those three stories in your toolbox will totally make you revenue rock
0: stars. Incredible, incredible. Okay, so on that note, I've got a few more for you. So this one, let's shift gears a little bit. And as far as rejection goes, as a salesman, (laughs) handling rejection and how you handle rejections in sales is, is one of the most challenging things, right? It's what the fear that most especially starting salespeople have that prevents them from reaching mm-hmm. the heights of success in their niche or industry or whatever. What advice would you give to salespeople about rejection?
1: I per- personally love this topic so much because as you said, it prevents people from getting into sales or staying in sales. So if we can help them with this, it'll help them in their career and their personal life. I have something I created called the 555 method, where you think of yourself. Like a movie director, and you zoom out and you ask yourself when you get the no, will this matter in five minutes? How about five hours? How about five days from now? The more resilient we become, the better we are. And when I was speaking to a luxury car company um, sales team, I said, even if you're selling a Jaguar or a Land Rover, you still get rejected. So at a fancy restaurant, they give you sorbet to cleanse your palate between. So we need to cleanse our palate as salespeople or storytellers after we get the no. And so I have people call a client they sold something to. Not selling them anything, just checking in. How are you enjoying the Land Rover? How are you enjoying the Jaguar? Remind yourself of what a happy customer sounds like. So the next person who walks into the dealership or the next email or the next call you get, you're in that mindset and not the negative, I just got rejected mindset. So you 555 it. And companies are taking this and making it part of their culture. Oh my God! Mm. It's so hard on this. All right, everybody, we're going to complain about it for five hours, and then we're going to five-five-five it and let it go. Now we don't want to talk about this. I don't want anybody complaining about or hearing about that five days from now. And it also works in your personal life. So when my dad passed away ten years ago, I wish I had this tool because five days, I was still pretty devastated. So mm. I could go back to my younger self and say, you know, let's five-five-five it again. Five weeks, five months, five years from now. You'll still miss them, but I promise you, you won't be this sad. Mm,
0: so the like five, five, five really
1: helps us become more resilient.
0: Yeah, that's super cool. It's kind of like what we talk about in neuro-linguistic programming about future mm. pacing. Yes. Where, where you ask someone to do something in the future and see them their future self doing it. I love that. That's powerful. All right. So So speaking of the future, <laughs> can you talk a little bit? I know you are a thought leader in the sales space and the sales training space, you're highly sought after. I know all kinds of Fortune 500, Fortune 50 companies are are looking to get you. I don't even know if you have any availability these days. Mm -hmm. I've heard you're so booked. But tell us a little bit about what you see in the future of sales. What do you think, uh, how do you think sales will evolve over the next few years?
1: Well, what's interesting for me is not only are companies bringing me in to help them win new business, but they're looking at storytelling as a sales tool to recruit top talent Mm. because we, HR is now seen as a sales function Crazy, because there's a shortage of qualified people in all levels. It's not just the restaurant workers. It's skilled tech people, again, architect lawyers, you name it, any profession. So the people who might be great at selling a house have no training on how to recruit someone from a competitor to come work at their company. Mm. And so that's really where I see st- sales and storytelling growing, that it's not just get us a new client. It's get us the top talent and get tell them a story that's going to make us grow faster, as we know the importance of a team, but realizing that you need to have a lot of different skills in your toolbox to be a leader, and that the best leaders are the storytellers, the ones that can tell a story to the team, this is my vision. Do you see yourself in this vision? Is this the right culture fit for you? So I think more and more, uh, it's going to become less about selling and more about storytelling and thinking of your brain like a jukebox or a playlist, depending on your age. Um, And so the right song at the right time, the right story at the right time. You're gonna need multiple stories so that each person you're talking to, let's say you're selling a home, you're not gonna talk to a young married couple the same way you would a retired couple who's downsizing or a couple that's moving to a new city. So you need, let's say you have four to five different kinds of buyers. Mm. You need a story that's customized for each one of those situations. So again, so they see themselves in the story.
0: Wow. Powerful. I love that. So, okay. Um, That's amazing. So my my last question for you along these lines, and then I want to uh learn more about how people find you and how people can engage with you but my final question in this line is as far as podcasting go you know we're podcast colo we're the largest podcast booking agency in the country we get people just like you booked on lots of great shows and how would you say that storytelling or you can give you know two three good pointers to people uh, who are looking to improve their revenue, improve their sales, become sales rock stars, become uh, better speakers, authors, whatever, Mm -hmm. by being featured guests on podcasts? Mm -hmm. How can they use storytelling and your systems to empower themselves in that way?
1: Well, for myself, I've known that I have gotten booked as a speaker from someone hearing me on a podcast you booked me on. Because I always ask clients, how did you find me? Was it SEO? Did uh, did you watch a TED talk I gave? Did you read my book? Or no, we heard you on a podcast. And the story you told on the podcast made us, they saw themselves in one of the stories, whether it was the Olympus story I just shared with you or another story of how I helped an architecture firm win a billion dollar airport renovation. Wow. Make, Make your stories so compelling that people remember it because the secret to all of this is the meeting after the meeting. So let's see, so somebody hears three speakers pitch themselves or three, they listen to many people on the same podcast. So how do you stand out? If you've told the story that's clear, concise, and compelling that they can repeat, oh my God, I just heard John on this podcast. I really think we should bring him in. Why, what did he say on the show? And they can repeat a story I told, We see ourselves in that story. We have the same challenge. We don't want to be seen as commodity. We're tired of coming in second place when we pitch against competitors. We need to become more resilient. Whatever their pain point is that I've addressed in my interview, that people can say, ah, I see myself. That's the person for us.
0: Wow. So put yourself, create a story that they can see themselves in.
1: Correct. And that comes from knowing who your audience is. You know, don't try to be all things to all people. When you get on a show, this is my niche. Here's who I help. Here's what problem I solve. And more importantly, what is life like for them after they bought my product or hired me as a speaker? They're no longer feeling pushy. They're no longer coming in second place. Whatever the outcomes are, that's the aha moment.
0: I love that. I always say that to my Amazon students in particular, is the mm-hmm. niches are in the niches. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't try to be a jack of all trades. It doesn't serve you. Find one thing that you're good at, or better yet, find that blue ocean. Find Mm -hmm. that, find that one area where there's nobody else in there. Create or create that area, that niche, and then go dominate it. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like we could do that with these stories. All right, John. So as we close up. Can you tell us when people are listening to this, they're getting excited. They're like, how do we engage with you? How do we find you? Do you have a book? Uh, yes. can, we, can we hire you to come speak at our company? H- how do we engage the Pitch Whisperer?
1: Well, the easiest way is take out your phone and text the word PITCH, P-I-T-C-H, to 66866. And you get the first chapter of my book, The Sale is in the Tail, for free, which is a business fable. And... If you can't remember my name or the name of my book, just Google the pitch whisper and my website, John comes up and all the ways to see what my talks are about and the outcomes that clients have afterwards are all right there. Six,
0: six, eight, six, six. And what do we, what do we text to that?
1: The word pitch P I T C H.
0: Yeah. Miss that. And that's also, I tell people this too is like, it's all about friction reduce friction look at what you're doing now this is guys this is what a master salesman is he mm-hmm. reduces all the friction all along the way that's what Amazon is that's mm-hmm. what Bezos did he just got rid of the friction of buying stuff online right yeah. he had trust and that's that's what this is and and we're witnessing it directly all right so people can get get you there you said is there a website let's say there is uh, mm-hmm. somebody watching this and they have, 5,000 locations, they want all their salespeople to be uh, by you. How, how do they engage you do, or do you do that? Do you have any time on calendar these, these, <laughs> these next few, uh, few months for, for sales training?
1: I do have sales training. Oftentimes people will have me give a keynote and a workshop. And then if they want to continue, there's some ongoing training with that, um, where I had one client create a repository map of all of the case stories living in one place that reps could share each other's stories with that so they have the right story to tell. And it also became an amazing onboarding tool for new people. So there's lots of ways, but usually it starts with a keynote and a, a workshop with it possibly. And then from there, if they want more, there's certainly lots of ways to, I've had one architecture firm that's worked with me since 2016. And every time they have a big interview coming up, they bring me in to coach them. I They call me their secret weapon.
0: Wow, you are the secret weapon. You are the secret <laughs> weapon. And if you like it or not, you're selling. Might as well get good at it. Might as well get good at becoming a storyteller and and enjoy that. Wow. So this was powerful. I have to say one of my most exciting interviews. It's always great to see you. Thank you. And we're super psyched to have you as a featured guest here and a podcast call a client as well. And we'll make sure to have everyone look out for you. We'll include links to get a hold of John in the show notes. So just look in the notes below. And make sure to like and subscribe and let John know uh, what you thought about what he said. If you agreed, if you disagreed, leave it in the comments and we'll see you guys soon. John, thank you so much. It's been an honor having you on. Thanks for having me.